0: Please be seated. He is not here, but is risen. In February, a group of almost 30 of us from St. Paul's went on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. And on that trip, we visited the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in the old city of Jerusalem. And it's the most holy site in all of Christianity. It was first built by Helena, who was Emperor Constantine's mother, in 326 AD. And the church covers the site of both the crucifixion and the resurrection. It's a massive structure under an enormous dome, and it covers both the rock of Golgotha, where Jesus was crucified, and the place of the tomb, the spot where his body was laid and where he rose from the dead. Over the centuries, the church has been destroyed and rebuilt various times as international conflicts, as they continue to do, sweep through that holy city of Jerusalem. It's a complicated church. It's now controlled by six different denominations, the Roman Catholics, the Greek Orthodox, the Armenian Apostolic Church, the Coptic Orthodox, the Syriac Church, and the Ethiopian Orthodox, who are in a constant diplomatic talk about the use, the care, the sharing, the upkeep of this space. So much so that for generations, a local Muslim family has been given the keys to the building in order to care for it. A neutral third party who comes every morning and unlocks the door, and every night and locks it again, the only ones who can be trusted with this task. And for millennia, Christians have made pilgrimage to this church to visit these holy sites. This year, when we were there, several of us went very, very early in the morning, In order to beat the crowds, to be able to go inside the edicule, which is a small chapel that's inside the church underneath the dome. The chapel encloses two rooms. The first contains the angel stone, which is a fragment of the stone that was rolled in front of the tomb. And the second room, even smaller than the first, is the tomb itself, which contains the stone where Jesus' body was laid and from where he rose again. To get in, you have to duck down low into the first room, and then you have to duck down even lower to go into the second room. Only two or three people could fit in there at once. And to make it even a little more stressful, there's a very impatient monk who stands there and claps to remind you that you have to hurry up and get out. So when it was finally our turn to go, we'd travel thousands of miles, waited in very, very pushy Middle Eastern lines, and it was finally my time to go inside. And so I went in the first room and then kneeled down to go into the second. And I kneeled at that ancient stone where his body was laid and from where he rose again. And I placed my hand on that cold, cold stone like pilgrims had for almost 2,000 years. And at that moment, it came to me, flashed through my mind, really? Did this really happen? And I remember this line from Scripture. He is not here, but has risen. He is not here, but has risen. So it was dawn on that first day of the week, and the sun began to rise over the hills around Jerusalem. And a small group of women brought spices to anoint the body. And it all happened so quickly. The trial, the crucifixion, the burial... None of the traditions, none of the rituals had been followed. So the women, they went there to kind of set things right. I imagine the anxiety and grief they felt. They needed to see the body to know that everything that had happened was real, to have some closure. And when they reached the grave, the stone was rolled back, and he was not there. The tomb was empty. I imagine, I imagine that they wanted to touch him to help themselves move from shock to grief. But instead, a man stood there and said, he is not here, but is risen. So from those first moments, those women began to make some extraordinary claims about what had happened to the man who died three days before. Something had happened to him. And more importantly, something had happened to them. Something had changed for those women. First, they told the apostles, who didn't believe. And next, they told Peter, who went to see for himself, But then he just went home. Over time, the word began to spread of those strange events. Others had other experiences of that one who died and risen again. And whatever actually happened that particular Sunday morning, almost 2,000 years ago, it's clear that something did happen. And they told this story the story of what they'd seen, the story of what they'd experienced. And a community then formed around telling the story of what happened that day. And eventually those stories included the years that led up to it, what the man taught, what he did, and eventually even how he was born. And those stories, they explained their own stories and other seeming miracles that the community experienced in their lives, in their own neighborhoods, in their own world. And those stories were eventually written down and passed down to us today. The story of Jesus' death and resurrection. The stories about how evil forces of this world collude, but that death was defeated by the transforming power of of God. The power of these stories, they don't come from the fact that it was somehow historical fact. The power of these stories, it doesn't come from somehow that there's now philosophical castles that have been built around explaining these stories for hundreds of years. The power of them doesn't come because there's structures and institutions that have been built around them. And their power doesn't come because I told you or someone else told you so. The power of these stories comes from that it makes sense of other things. Times when it seems that the forces of the universe are acting. When God is acting when new life comes out of death, when death is defeated, all the times, ultimately, when love wins. It's a story we see today, God working in the universe, God acting, bringing life out of death, being a light in the darkness, love-winning. You know, I see it right now. I see it right now in a time when we have increased hate speech and hate-based violence around our country and around our world, that religious leaders, diverse religious leaders, are coming together now more than ever in witnesses of love, of unity. I see it when people make choices to prioritize growing in their faith over the competing priorities in their lives, opting to build their lives, their family lives, over, around sacred values instead of those that are secular. I see it when a middle-aged single woman welcomes a grown child into her home right now, sacrificing so much to make this new family work. I see it when countless people gather in church halls and church basements, even our own, in order to build new lives together around recovery, to experience resurrection in their own lives. I see it when we make new commitments to live sustainably, making choices to live differently when we can, sometimes radical choices of stepping out of the mass consumer machine that can dominate our world. I see this resurrection when a community today welcomes all people, regardless of background, age, sexual orientation, or expression, race, marital status, or life circumstances, where everyone is welcome. I see it when a community, our community, is committed to conversations with people who are different than ourselves, crossing lines of race, region, class, religion. I see it when dozens of adults and youth from this community travel to southern West Virginia in order to serve with people who are in some of the deepest poverty in our nation. I see the story of the resurrection unfolding all around us. We need to put on our resurrection eyes sometimes to see it. To know it, to see it working, to have hope, to know that life does come out of death, that light comes out of darkness, and then in the end, that love wins. I've come to believe that the Gospels do not ask, Do you believe that this happened? I've come to believe, instead, the Gospels ask, Have you encountered the risen Christ? He is not here, but has risen. Therefore, he's all around us right now, today, living, working, acting. Just look. See for yourself. There and there and there. Love winning. And when you see it, tell someone about it. Help them to see it as well. Share the story. Share those resurrection eyes. He is not here, but has risen. Amen.